You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simiu, and on this edition, we're going to be talking transfers again because there have been a number of stories that have surfaced since we last recorded. And on top of that, if you're a YouTube viewer, you're going to get a third live show today. Later on, 8 p.m. UK time, it will be available in podcast format first thing tomorrow morning. But I'm going to be joined by Tom Canton of the Guna Talk and Jess from She Knows Arsenal uh, to discuss some more transfer stuff that's also emerged in the last few hours. Now, without kind of going into it too much, there is rumours and reports linking Arsenal with a move for Tammy Abraham. And that is going to be the subject and the focus of our show a little bit later on today. So we're not going to talk Tammy Abraham during this episode, but I can assure you the reason for that is because we've got plenty of other bits and pieces to discuss. I can see there are loads of you in the live chat box already, and we're not even two minutes in. That's incredible. Uh, So thank you all so much. Thank you to those of you who have recently subscribed as well. uh, And to those of you who have been long-term subscribers, of course, because we've just hit the 14K mark, uh, which we've been trying to do for a couple of weeks now. So thank you so much. And thank you uh, to Stephen for your uh, well wishes on that as well. Right. Let's get into it then. Without further ado, let's talk Hussem Awa. Now, we talked last week about the fact that we'd heard Arsenal had made an approach for Hussem Awa, a player that we were highly uh, and and regularly and frequently linked with last summer, a player that was said to be somebody that Arsenal were really, really keen on. And unfortunately, for whatever reason, that deal never materialised. Arsenal ended up going for Thomas Partey instead. And we, we've we said it before, if Arsenal really wanted a war and were willing to pay what they paid for Thomas Partey, that deal would have been done, but it wasn't for whatever reason. And on the show that we brought to you last week at some point, the day escapes me, I talked quite a bit about how I think if Hussein Awar was that big of a kind of target for Arsenal at that point, then surely just 12 months on, the fact that he's available uh, in a cut price deal, essentially for maybe even half the price that Leon were quoting us at that point, surely makes that appealing to Arsenal Football Club. Obviously, the circumstances are different. Obviously, the circumstances have changed, but he's available at half the price. So why not uh, go after him if he is a player that Arsenal are that big on, are that keen on uh, and are as keen as we were led to believe last summer? Um, Apologies, uh, something in my throat. Anyway, so Hussein Mawar is has been the subject of an Arsenal offer, according to reports from France. And those initial reports came from Le Ten Sport. And Le Ten Sport's Alexis Bernard has gone on to reveal a little bit more about the offer that Arsenal are said to have tabled for Hussein Mawar. So according to Alexis Bernard, Arsenal have made an offer of less than 20 million euros. But Lyon are looking for a roundabout uh, 25 million euros. So Arsenal, quite a bit short of what Leon are looking for um, 
with regards to Hussein Mawar. And he also goes on to talk about Spurs' interest. He says that Spurs are also interested in Hussein Mawar and have the resources and the means uh, to make that deal happen if the, indeed that is what they want to do. So Arsenal are in danger here of missing out on Hussein Mawar and him potentially ending up just a few miles down the Seven Sisters Road at Tottenham Hotspur. And for me, this is a strange one because, you know, I've said it already. If Arsenal really did rate Hussein Awar last summer as much as we thought they did, then although he hasn't had the greatest season, his stock in the eyes of the club can't have, you know, can't have fallen that much in that 12-month period. I talked to you last week about the fact that sometimes you move on, you can identify a target, it doesn't work out at that point, somebody else emerges, somebody else comes in, and then that player becomes very much, you know, someone in the rear view mirror. But Arsenal haven't moved forward. Arsenal haven't moved on. And we're about to lose Granite Xhaka, it seems. And we'll come on to talk about him because there is an update on his situation too. But, you know, if Arsenal, as I keep on saying, were that interested in Hussein Mouar in the first place, then surely they'd be interested in going after him for around about 25 million euros, which is probably, what, 20, 21 million pounds. It feels like a bit of a steal. And Arsenal have been... Um, you know, talked about as a club with with not a great deal of funds available. And then we've heard that there are funds available and you, you don't really know what to believe as a fan. But Arsenal have just laid out, from what we're led to believe, around about 20 million euros on Albert Lekonga. And surely Hussein Awar is more proven there. Surely Hussein Awar is somebody that could come in and do a job at the football club. I've talked about the need to get two central midfielders in, Lokonga and somebody else. And this feels like a decent deal at around about 25 million euros. That's what Leon want. I am certain that the player would choose Arsenal over Spurs. Spurs fans may call me a little bit uh, arrogant in saying that, but I do believe that, especially in France, the appeal of Arsenal as a football club is much bigger than that of um, of uh, of Tottenham Hotspur. And I think if, if Arsenal want this deal, they can make it happen. So why are they not making it happen? Let me know your thoughts in the uh, comments section. Why do you think it is that Arsenal are reluctant to meet Leon's asking price? Let me um, go over to the chat box. And first of all, I want to say a big thank you and a welcome to Johnny Kryptonite, who's just signed up to become a YouTube member. If you'd like to support the channel uh, and support me in bringing you more content on a daily basis, not just Arsenal, but football related too, then please do check out our membership proposal. If you click on the link in the description, apologies, had to mute myself to sneeze. Uh, if you do uh, want to become part of the membership scheme, you can do so by clicking on the link in the description and you'll see the three packages available and decide from there whether you'd like uh, to be a part of it. All your support is welcome, even if you're just watching, even if you're just hitting that like button, and even if you're just subscribed, it all means the world to me. But if you want to go that bit further, there is a membership scheme available. So that's the latest on Hussein Mawar. Apparently, Arsenal's offer was less than 20 million euros. Leon are looking for around about 25 million euros. So right now, there is no agreement and we're no closer uh, to Hussein Mawar joining Arsenal Football Club. But these reports from France and these reporters who are obviously sharing these reports and talking about it are very adamant that Arsenal's interest in Hussein Mawar is genuine and are very adamant that this offer has gone in. 
So, you know, obviously we take everything during the transfer window with a pinch of salt, most things anyway. And I would advise you to do that in this instance too. But it is interesting uh, that this, how this is being reported because it's being reported with a lot of certainty, a lot of confidence and a lot of kind of backing uh, from some of the top journos over there. So, yeah, interesting stuff. The other bit I wanted to talk about uh, with regards to the midfield is, of course, Granite Xhaka. Now, we talked a little bit earlier on on our last podcast about the fact that Arsenal have been linked with a move for uh, Ruben Neves as a potential replacement. Uh, maybe Hussein Mawar is in the in the kind of frame for that as well, I, you know, based on what we're talking about now and what we're hearing. But what he is... Uh, what we've heard about Granit Xhaka is that Roma have finally agreed to increase their offer. Now, there are conflicting reports on this because I've read two different quotations, two different figures, and I don't know which one is right. So Calcio Mercato say 15 million euros is the initial down payment with add-ons up to the value of two and a half million euros. So that would total the deal up to about 17 and a half million euros. Others are saying that it's 18 million euros plus two and a half million euros in add-ons, which would take the total value of the deal over 20 million euros. So I don't really know what is the answer here, but the 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 kind of uh, the, the common thing in these reports is that Roma have agreed to up their offer. They're both also saying that Roma have agreed personal terms with Granite Xhaka, but the fee remains unclear. We're not 100% sure what that fee is, what that total is, and if it's enough to satisfy Arsenal's demands. But it does feel like now that the European Championships are over, this deal is starting to move along, albeit slowly. Uh, Granit Xhaka happy to go there. Arsenal seemingly happy to let him go. Roma desperate to have him. Mourinho in particular, a big admirer of Granite Xhaka. I think he'll do well out there. I really do. I just want Arsenal to get the maximum that they possibly can so that it stands us, of course, in better stead when we are looking to uh, bolster our midfield options. Let's go back over uh, to the live chat. Lots of uh, comments coming in. Uh, I'll take your thoughts on the uh, Hussein Awar stuff as well, but I just want to say a big thank you uh, to Onside for your very kind super chat donation. It says you're a breath of fresh air, balanced opinion, 0% scaremongering. Thank you very much, mate. Really, really appreciate it and really appreciate your uh, kind donation means the world to me. Uh, going back to the Awa stuff, Michelle says he doesn't believe the rumors. Fair enough. Um, Delisu says, hi, Harry. Nice to be on the show live after a long time. Do Arsenal really know what they want in midfield? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I, I, I said it earlier on today. I, I like to think that there is a plan. I'd like to think that there is, uh, you know, a detailed and clear strategy in place when it comes to improving Arsenal in the midfield in particular. But I can't say that with any degree of certainty because one minute we're after Neves, the next minute we're after Awa, uh, the next minute we're after Locatelli. This is what happens in the transfer window. You get reports coming from left, right, centre, and you end up in a place where you don't really know what's going on um, until things kind of get a little bit further down the line. As we've said, Lokonga signing is imminent and he will add something to the squad. But I do believe that Arsenal need to bring in another central midfielder Ruben Neves, Hussein Awar, whichever it is, I don't think I'd be disappointed. Uh, but I guess it, a lot of it depends on finance. And if Arsenal are not willing to pay 25 million euros for Hussein Awar, are they going to be willing to pay 35 million pounds 
for Ruben Neves. That's what you got to consider. Or do Arsenal see Ruben Neves as worth making a bigger investment in because he's got that kind of Premier League background and because we know a little bit more about him? I don't know. I don't know. Interesting stuff. Uh, Assassin General says, this transfer window is a mess to me, to be honest. Uh, I, I don't disagree with you, mate. Uh, Inter says, uh, we like doing things the opposite to sensible. Uh, Tolu says, Buendia is better than Awa. I would say that they're not really the same type of player. And so it's probably a little bit harsh to, to criticise them. I don't, uh, to criticise, sorry, Awa and compare him to Buendia. I think that Buendia is a far more advanced uh, player capable of playing from either flank as well. So I think in terms of their profiles, they're quite different. Um, so I think it's a hard, uh, a hard one to, um, to kind of uh, to compare. Um, Alfred J says expectations are a war, but the reality is Danny Ceballos. Um, SM says uh, this report leads me to believe they think they can get him on the cheap, typical Arsenal. Well, Leon's financial situation is not great. And from what we understand, Hussein Awar's relationship with the club has become a little bit fractured ever since not just Arsenal, but a number of clubs started sniffing around him last summer. Deals never materialised. He remained at the club, didn't enjoy his best season in a Leon shirt, but it wasn't a bad season by any stretch of the imagination. My only concern with Hussein Awar, and this is not based on my own view or my own opinion. This is based on the views of a number of French ex football experts I've heard talking about Hussein Awar in the last month or so is his inconsistency. He has been largely inconsistent uh, while playing for Lyon. He has been largely inconsistent over the course of seasons. And, you know, I don't watch enough French football to be able to make that decision and judgment on him for myself. But that is a worry, isn't it? Because that we, we've got a squad full of players like that. We've got a squad full of players that are not uh, capable of producing at the highest level week in, week out, but who on their day could be great. And Arsenal need to move on from that. Arsenal need to improve for that. And perhaps that is what leads Arsenal into thinking that he maybe isn't worth breaking the bank for. And it's why they're trying, maybe, I don't know, just speculating here, to get the deal done for far less. Right, just a quick reminder as well, before we move on and take some more of your comments, we've got some other subjects to discuss as well. But please, if you could, uh, especially if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit the like button because there are over 300 of you watching us live right now on YouTube. Let me just check in where we are in terms of likes. We are on 65. Let's get that up to 100 ASAP. Should be really easy. There's enough of you watching. Hit the like button and subscribe to the channel if you are new. It really, really does help. Um, what else have we got here? Um, let's uh, let's pick up a couple of other bits. Rydog says, I don't mind testing Leon's resolve. French teams are broke. Yeah, you wouldn't expect any good businessman, any good negotiator to go in with their final offer on the first offer. You, you just don't do that, do you? So maybe Arsenal are... Um, you know, testing Leon's resolve and maybe we'll see them improve the offer. It's a bit like the Ben White thing. You know, we've heard from Sky Sports today that Arsenal had a £47 million bid for Ben White rejected. We've known for weeks that Brighton and Hove Albion are looking for £50 million for Ben White. And it just feels like Arsenal are pushing their luck. You know what they want. You know what it's going to cost. You're not talking about bridging a gap of tens of millions of pounds. You're talking about a, a small gap in terms of what their valuation is and what Arsenal want to pay for the player. 
meet them in the middle or, or that's what Arsenal are trying to do. But get there, get to the final point quicker, get these deals done so that we can begin our preparations for the new season properly and with everybody in place. Because at the moment, you know, yes, I said earlier on, I'm not panicking just yet, but I can understand why some people are and why some people are getting a little bit nervous at the moment. Uh, let's pick up just a couple of other bits and pieces before uh, we go on to talk about a couple of other uh, things, other topics. Uh, big hello to loads of you joining us now as well. Stephen, Yusuf, Arslan, Alex, uh, Sam, Krish, Chris, uh, Nicholas. Hope you guys are all good. Um, let's pick up this question from Christian Huvo. He says, is Awara backup to Emil Smith-Rowe and Neves? This doesn't make sense. He definitely, He's definitely not starting over those two. I don't think we would get Neves and Awar, if I'm being honest. Um, I don't think we would get Neves, Awar and Lokonga. It would be nice because we certainly need to bolster our options in that area. And then you wouldn't probably mind seeing someone like Ainsley Maitland-Niles move on uh, or even Mohamed Elneny. But, you know, it feels a little bit um, sort of, it feels a little bit ambitious to imagine that we'd get all three of those given our financial uh, situation. I know we keep saying that Arsenal suddenly supposedly have money to spend, but I don't know. I'm still not convinced until it's spent, until it's done. I don't think we will, um, we will know uh, fully of where, where Arsenal are at in terms of what they can and can't do during this transfer window. Um, couple of other bits and pieces I want to talk about as well, uh, away from the Hussein Awa stuff. And we'll come back to questions a little bit later on in the podcast. But I want to discuss a report that has emerged from Italy this afternoon. Uh, the report comes from Sport Media, uh, a, an outlet over in Italy, who say that Arsenal have inquired uh, about the possibility of signing Nicolo Barella from Inter Milan. Now, Nicolo Barella is one of the hottest properties in Italian football. I would argue even more so than Manuel Locatelli. He has been performing at a high level for Inter. He's a key, key cog in their side. And yes, Inter have had to sell Ashraf Hakimi this summer. And yes, a lot of people are looking at Inter as a club that they may be able to push around financially this summer. But Inter selling Hakimi has gone a long way in bridging their issues. And I don't expect there to be a mass exodus from the San Siro um, now that the Hakimi deal is done, now that they've raised those funds. So if Arsenal are going to test Inter's resolve over Nicolo Barella, they're going to have to make a seismic effort and they're going to have to put a huge amount of money on the table. Inter, according to this report from Sport Media, as I say, Italian outlet, have emphatically said no to the idea of selling Nicolo Barella. So it's not one I think that's got legs. It's not one I'm even convinced is true, but it's one I thought I'd share with you because he is a top, top player. And it's interesting to see that Arsenal uh, are, at least in some parts of the world, being linked with a move for him. Right. Uh, let's pick up a couple uh, more bits and pieces. I wanted, wanted to touch on the uh, Bukayo Saka social media post, of course, Bukayo Saka uh, finally kind of breaking his silence after everything that happened uh, playing for England at the Euros. You know, he was obviously uh, the subject of lots and lots of abuse, uh, racial abuse as well, which is completely unacceptable um, off the back of that penalty miss. And I just wanted to share uh, the statement and the tweet that that Bukayo Saka has put out off, uh, off the back of that. He says, 
I've stayed away from social media for a few days to spend time with my family and reflect on the last few weeks. This message won't do it justice to how grateful I am for all the love that I've received. And I feel that I need to thank everyone who has supported me. Now, I'm not going to read this all word for word because it is long and I'm sure most of you have seen it. Uh, if you haven't, you can go over to Bukayo Saka's Twitter at Bukayo Saka 87 and check it out. But he does talk about what an honour it was to play for England. He does talk about the fact that he's learned so much, that he was incredibly proud uh, to be in that position. He said that there were no words for how disappointed he felt after the missing the penalty and because of the result. Um, and he said that you could see that in his post-match reaction. He said, for those who have campaigned on my behalf and sent me heartfelt letters, um, I'm so thankful. This is what football should be about. Passion, people of all races, genders, religions and backgrounds coming together with one shared joy of the roller coaster of football. Um, he said he doesn't want any child or adult to have to receive the hateful and hurtful messages that he, Marcus Rashford and Jaden Sancho received this week. And this is the, the most powerful bit of this entire statement for me. He said, I knew instantly the kind of hate that I was about to receive. And that is a sad reality that your powerful platforms are not doing enough to stop these messages. He goes on to talk about um, that there's no place for racism and hate. And uh, he said, love always wins at the end. And I think that's excellently put uh, by Bukayo Saka. And I think he's absolutely spot on. We all know, don't we, that that kind of thing is going to go on. It's going to happen. It's going to occur. And that is a damning indictment of where we are as a society, that a player can miss a penalty. And his first thought is the barrage of abuse that he's going to get, um, the barrage of racial abuse that he's going to get off the back of that. And that's just not a nice place to be. I also think as well that, you know, and I'm not saying for sure because you don't know, but do you think that plays on the players' minds as they walk up to take that penalty kick? Do you think when in their minds they're mentally preparing themselves for a moment such as that where the stakes are so high that they do consider the abuse, that it does come into their thinking? And the reality is that it shouldn't. It shouldn't, but it does because it's a reality. It does because it's there. It does because it rears its ugly head and it's a horrible, horrible place to be. Um, so love to Bukayo Saka uh, for coming out saying what he said. As I said, I thought that particular line about the fact that he knew and was fully aware that that was coming his way is the most powerful part of that entire statement. And it is uh, a damning indictment of where we are. Um, you know, it, it's it's a horrible thing. And um, I, I'm confident that Bukayo Saka will bounce back from it. And I'm confident in the fact that he'll be able to move on because I think actually for once, the reporting around it and the kind of sincerity that it's been met with uh, is uh, has been positive. And, um, you know, you can't always say that about the British press, but I think they've done a good job of highlighting this issue and uh, and trying to take some steps to help eradicate it. Um, the other bit I wanted to talk about today was a statement that came out from Arsenal just a little while before we went live. Let me just share that with you. Uh, and Arsenal have uh, revealed details of a new approach, apparently, uh, and this approach is uh, to bring fans closer. New approach unveiled. Arsenal say as the 2021 season, 21-22 season, sorry, approaches and the, the following discussions with supporters representatives, we're launching a number of initiatives to bring fans closer to the club. This is designed to ensure fans 
are increasingly central to our decision making moving forward. To support this ambition, we're establishing an Arsenal advisory board exclusively compromised of fans to provide counsel to the Arsenal board on a range of predominantly off-field matters. Yeah, of course, they're not going to let the fans manage the club, are they? My God, that would be disastrous. Um, But it's going to include people from the Arsenal Independent Supporters Association, the Arsenal Supporters Trust, Gay Gooners, domestic and international supporters clubs, Arsenal Disabled Supporters, and the Fans Forum representatives for 18 to 24-year-old fans. Um, These groups have been identified as they represent large numbers of Arsenal's diverse global community. Fan representatives will be elected by their constituent groups and individuals will remain members for three years. The club will be represented on the board by Josh Kroenke, Tim Lewis, Vinay Venkatesha, Mark Ganella and Mark Brindle. Um, And that is the Arsenal advisory board, right? So that is not the club's board. I've seen a couple of you asking me uh, in the chat box if that means that Josh, uh, that Stan Kroenke is no longer on the board. It doesn't mean that at all. This is a completely separate thing, a completely separate matter. This is the Arsenal advisory board, which is different to the club's board from my understanding of it anyway. So it's a, it's a different thing and a different matter. Uh, but yeah, interesting. You can go on the club's website. You'll find uh, some kind of key themes on that page that they've shared. So they're talking about preserving the culture and traditions of the club, future directions, engaging the growing support around the world, um, community work at home and abroad, growing the profile of Arsenal women and women's football in general and developing revenues to maximise investment in players. Uh, further, further areas as agreed in consultation with the Arsenal advisory board. So there you go, a uh, brand new thing. And the fans forum uh, off the back of that is going to meet three times a year. So there's going to be a lot more communication, it seems, between Arsenal and the uh, the club's hierarchy, uh, the, Ars- the Arsenal, the club's hierarchy, and the fans. So fingers crossed, uh, we do see, uh, we do see um, some, yeah, some uh, some progress on that front because it is a problem. You know, a lot of Arsenal fans have felt disconnected by the football club even prior to the Super League announcement. That was the final straw for many, but it is. Um, it is for me, uh, you know, the kind of call to action that a lot of people needed to actually get moving on something like this. And the response to the Super League would have no doubt kicked the club's asses into gear and, and got them moving on this. Um, as Sam rightly says in the comments, whether they actually listen to the fans is a different matter. Absolutely couldn't agree more. Right. Let's get some questions in. Uh, we'll go for around about 15, 20 minutes more, I'd imagine. Uh, get your questions in the chat box. Let's pick up some of those. Let's check in where we are in terms of likes. I know this pisses some people off, but it's got to be done. It really does help the channel. And there is a whopping 500 of you watching us right now across the multiple platforms. Uh, 450 on YouTube specifically. We've only got 129 likes. Surely we can get it up to 200 likes. As I say, there are enough of you watching and it really, really helps. So please smash the like button if you haven't already and subscribe if you're new. Right, let's pick up some of your questions. Um, Scrolls through, scrolls through. Let's see if we can um, find 
some think to talk about here. Uh, a lot of you have been asking me about Hector Bellerin, actually. Let's pick out the Hector Bellerin thing. Uh, people asking me whether that deal's done, whether he's gone, whether he's any closer to going. Well, no, he's not. Uh, honestly, there is no deal in place that would see Hector Bellerin leave the club. And I was actually quite surprised to see him involved uh, in the friendly against Hibernian because I thought, you know, we'd heard a lot about a deal maybe being close and Obviously, it isn't as close as some are reporting because he is uh, part of the team that is playing up in Scotland at the moment. This, this, the ground lies like this when it comes to Hector Bellerin. He wants to leave the club. Arsenal are happy to move him on. Arsenal prevented him moving on last summer and have now agreed or are agreed at the time a gentleman's agreement was in place that would allow him to move on. Now, the problem here is that nobody as of yet has come up with an offer that is anywhere near Arsenal's valuation of the player, which is expected to believe or, or, or expected to be believed to be around about £20 million. Nobody has come anywhere near that. Uh, and so we are in a position where we've got a player who wants to move on, a player that Arsenal would quite like to move on as well. He's a big earner at the football club and nobody is willing to pay the money. Inter are the club that Hector Bayerin has supposedly indicated he would like to join. Now, of course, they have moved um, Ashraf Hakimi on and therefore they are in the market, surely, for a right back. But, you know, they don't want to pay. They want to take him on loan. And Arsenal have tried and tried and tried to get them to take him on loan with an obligation to purchase him at the end of next season, which would at least guarantee some income from Hector Bellerin, even if it is 12 months or so down the line. But unfortunately, nothing has materialised yet. Inter not willing to commit to an obligation to loan, uh, an obligation to buy, sorry, but would be happy potentially to do an option to buy. But the option doesn't really help us. Uh, I've got to be honest. So I think that this one is is one of those ones that's probably going to rumble on uh, throughout the course of the window. And I do think Arsenal will probably end up allowing Hector Bayerin to leave in a cut price deal, in a deal that... Apologies, I have no idea what happened there. I'm back. I think I'm back. So yeah, going back to the Hector Bellerin thing. Um, you know, I think that Arsenal are probably going to end up doing a deal that means that he is allowed to leave the club in a cut price deal and a deal that probably doesn't suit Arsenal Football Club uh, down to a T. Um, just give me an indication that you've got me back now on the live stream. I have no idea what happened there. I just got a massive uh, thing pop up on the screen saying error and then refresh the page. So I refresh the page and I think I'm back. So uh, please let me know in the chat if you can hear me, if you uh, have got the stream back or if I'm sitting here talking to myself, which obviously uh, would be annoying. OK, I'm back. Good. All right. Let's uh, let's get on with it. Uh, so that's uh, that's the Bellerin situation. I don't imagine that he will stay at the club, but I also can't right now envisage Arsenal uh, getting a deal that we as fans feel is is a, an appealing one and a worthwhile one. Uh, big hello to former Arsenal legend Kevin Campbell. Uh, he says, hope you're well, Harry, and everyone watching. Judgment only starts once the season begins. We all know what we need, quality players to move the team and the club forward. Exactly. And, you know, we're at a place now where a lot of us are panicking, a lot of us are worried, a lot of us are struggling to see how Arsenal are going to bridge the gap, um, you know, between ourselves and the top four next season. 
but ultimately we're going to be judged on the pitch right and and that's what what matters and i think a lot of the kind of worry and anxiety that is coming over arsenal fans at the moment could prove to be unjust if Mikel Arteta does manage to get some better performances out of the team and take us to a level where we are at least more competitive. Let's go back over to the live chat box. Let's pick up some more questions. Um, Delisu says, Hi, Harry, what's the situation with Bern Leno? Is he going to sign a new deal or are we looking to sell? So uh, there was quite a bit of speculation about Bern Leno earlier in the window, wasn't there, about him sort of indicating that he wanted to leave. He came out and kind of rubbished those reports. Um, to my understanding and to my knowledge right now, Bern Leno is not going anywhere. Still got two years left on his current contract. And um, I don't think he's going to be leaving in this window. If he is, then Arsenal have got a lot of work to do, haven't they, in the goalkeeping department? Because we know they need someone to support him. We know they need a backup goalkeeper. And if we need to find a first choice goalkeeper as well, then that's just another thing on the list of tasks that Mikel Arteta and Edu have in front of them and need to tick off between now and the end of the window. And there is a fear that when you try and do too much in a window that you can get it wrong that you should be focused on targets that you really believe are going to improve the team. And there shouldn't be that many of those, if that makes sense. There should be a, a group of players that you're really big on, that you've identified, that you've done your homework on, et cetera, et cetera. And um, yeah, that's that's where we are. Uh, right, let's uh, let's pick up uh, a couple more bits. Uh, Steve Stone says, if you were Daniel Ek, would you be more vocal during this window to put further pressure on the Cronkies? Yeah, I think I probably would be. Um, I think I'd be using uh, the kind of the lack of activity so far as a, a way of, of applying pressure. But the problem with that as well is that, you know, Arsenal could then go and spend £50 million on Ben White and make a couple of other investments. And the Cronkies would would be able to immediately shut that down by saying, well, you say we don't care, but we have invested. So it's hard, isn't it? It's hard. Daniel Weck has made a couple of offers from what we've been told, and, and those offers have been knocked back. And the Cronkies continue to, to sort of beat the drum and tell everybody that they don't want to sell the football club. Daniel Ek, between these bids, will be having to go back to the drawing board and, and and finding ways of raising further funds. It's not a case of going, well, I'll raise you another 10 million pounds. I'll raise you another 20 million pounds. You know, that's not the way it works. These these offers uh, are done formally and these offers are, you know, you need to be able to carry out the offer, don't you? you it's an all good kind of raising your bid, but if you haven't got the funding in place to do that, then it's a pointless exercise. So that's why there seems to be a bit of time in between some of his offers. I do believe that he's interested but have has he already gone to his maximum in terms of what he can offer? And is that why we're not hearing anything about it now? I don't know. I don't know. Let's see. Right. I'm going to pick out uh, one more question before we jump off. And remember, we're going to be back again uh, for those of you watching us on YouTube at 8 p.m. UK time. Uh, Jess from She Knows Arsenal and Tom Canton will be joining me to discuss the Tammy Abraham rumours. That's why we haven't discussed it on this show. Uh, let's quickly check in on the likes again, because um, we're in a great place with around about 500 of you watching across the platforms. As I say, uh, we've got 165 likes, so we're 35 away from 200. Let's do it. Hit the like button 
and subscribe to the channel if you're new. Just a quick reminder as well that this podcast is kindly sponsored by the brilliant guys over at manscaped.com. So if you're in need of some male grooming, if you're in need of dealing uh, with uh, your situation down there, then head over to manscaped.com. Check out their fantastic products. They are great products. They work brilliantly. I can attest to that. Um, probably didn't want to know that. But anyway, they work brilliantly. They're great, uh, great prices as well. And if you use our discount code, which is 19min20, you will receive 20% off of your complete order as well as free shipping. So it's well worth uh, you using that discount code and it's well worth you checking out their products for sure. Big thank you to every single one in the chat box. Uh, hope you've all enjoyed the show. Before I go, I want to know in the chat box where it is that you're listening or watching this from so I can give you a shout out to all the wonderful places. I'm always fascinated to see where people are joining us from. Uh, it is a huge interest to me. So get involved uh, in the chat box. Let me know uh, where you are tuned in from currently. Also, you can check out the show that we did earlier on uh, because, of course, uh, that is available on the YouTube channel as well as on the podcast platforms. I'll just pick out one final thing from Brad Richardson. Highbury or the Emirates, what ground means more to you? It's got to be Highbury, man. It's got to be Highbury until we make the kind of Emirates, until we make the kind of memories that we made at Highbury at the Emirates, then that will always be the case uh, for sure. Although the Emirates is a fantastic station, but stay station stadium. I'm all over the place. What's going on? Been talking too much today. Uh, but there you go. Looking, uh, looking, um, looking at it is there's only one answer for me. There really is a uh, big hello to George Morales, who joins us from at Atlanta. Uh, we've got, Grief Hampton in Finland. Dave is in Charlotte. Uh, we've got Michelle in South Africa. We've got Ninio in Sydney. We've got Miami, Minneapolis, uh, South London, Canada, California, Somalia, Paris, Philippines, Kuwait. Uh, what else have we got here? Uh, Nigeria, uh, Huntington, Nigeria again, Canada again, more Nigeria, Essex. We've got uh, Sierra Leone. We've got uh love from the six i don't know where that is <laughs> uh steve stones in kent we've got uh silas in kenya we've got durban south africa clearwater florida singapore chris is in his kitchen omar's listening from his balcony we've got somaliland we've got Highbury. we've got chicago uh apologies if i miss some of you we've got greece shout out to greece uh we've got surrey we've got australia we've got new jersey we've got people all over the place uh, tuned in to us. Uh, so thank you all so much. Really, really appreciate your support. We'll be back, as I say, a little bit later on with another show and I'll catch you all very, very soon. Until next time, take care and of course, stay safe. Ciao. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.